It was one of the worst blizzards since records began back in 1872 to strike the state of Colorado, and it blasted in with a vengeance to cripple the mile-high city of Denver. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History from the Weather Network in Canada. The metro area in Colorado's Front Range were totally overwhelmed with heavy snow, augmented by an upsloping component that buried areas in the foothills several feet deep this day in weather history. For starters, the Denver International Airport was closed, and that stranded about 4,000 travelers. I remember I was working at a music station at the time, remember this clearly, and we had an award show concert that was scheduled. We got a call from one of our favorite artists that he was trapped and stranded with the rest of the thousands at that Denver International. He was not going to make our show. He was not alone, obviously, though. Among the perils that befell this massive and curiously controversial airport was the weight of the snow that had caused a 40-foot or 12-meter gash in a portion of the roof, forcing the evacuation of that section of the main terminal building. Winds at the time were gusting to 40 miles per hour, that's almost 65 kilometers per hour, and that resulted in drifts six feet or almost two meters high in places around Metro Denver. Now, remember the part about the upsloping I mentioned off the top? Check this out. How does more than seven feet of snow in the foothills hit you? Yeah, pretty heavily. This ridiculously heavy wet snow caused numerous roofs of homes and businesses to collapse there as well. As a matter of fact, just in Denver alone, at least 258 buildings were damaged. Close to 135,000 people lost power and it took several days for power to be totally restored. Mayor Wellington Webb of Denver said, This is the storm of the century. This is a backbreaker a record breaker, and a roof breaker. With the heavy snow and wind that hammered the area in such a sudden impact, avalanches occurred in the mountains and foothills, and that closed several roads, including the ultra-busy I-70, stranding hundreds of skiers and travelers. Plus, we had the Eldora ski area, where 270 skiers were also stranded thanks to an avalanche that closed their main access road. They needed a military helicopter to deliver food to the resort after the storm until the road could be cleared. Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider, so thank you. But there's also the daily podcast video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective, and oftentimes they include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So, after listening to the full story here, go check out the podcast video short there, where? On television, or online at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. Right now, let's go back to earlier when I mentioned heavy wet snow, then when the Denver mayor called it backbreaking. Okay, so let's pick it up. Sadly, two people died in this storm, but not from accidents or falling trees. No, these were from heart attacks while shoveling that heavy wet snow. In this craziness, the National Guard dispatched 40 soldiers and 20 heavy-duty vehicles in an effort to help rescue some of the stranded travelers along that section of the I-70. In the big picture, this storm made March of 2003 the snowiest March on record for the state of Colorado. That's actually saying a lot. The fourth snowiest month on record and the fifth wettest March on record as well. The total of 23 inches or close to 60 centimeters of snow is the greatest 24-hour total for the month of March. But there is a very silver, almost platinum lining to this story. The storm finally ended what had been a record 19 consecutive months 
of below normal precipitation for Denver. They needed the snow for so many varied reasons, so this is actually good. Too much, but it's still good. In the end, and after all the beans had been counted, it was said that, quote, the estimated cost of property damage alone, not including large commercial buildings, was $93 million, making it the most costly snowstorm on record for the area. End quote. From this day in weather history. Hey, do you like the podcast? We'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea, go right now to wherever you're listening to me and rate us if you would, please. It's on a five-star system and we would love as many stars as you can afford. So rate us, but then also review us. This way we can always stay on top of how you'd like to see the show evolve. Then remember to subscribe to this podcast. Click the subscribe or follow button right there on the very same podcast homepage you're listening on. You'll be immediately reminded that the next day is ready to listen to, and you also have access to every episode in the archives. It dates back to June 1st of 2020, so there is a lot that we got to get caught up on on this day in weather history. Tomorrow is March the 21st, and we're going back into the sauna again. (laughs) Remember on the 19th, I told a story about a 2019 heat wave in British Columbia, and then we jumped into the cold pool today with this snow story. Tomorrow, we're back into the sauna with the March 2012 heat wave that proved to be the most extraordinary temperature anomaly in North American history. It was off the scale in virtually every way. And we'll cover it from top to bottom tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May.